You're listening to the Freedom From Addiction podcast. Hear what leading addiction and recovery experts are talking about, addiction trends, topics, and challenges, as well as personal stories, research, practices, and advances that point the most promising way to freedom. Thank you again for joining the Freedom From Addiction podcast, coming to you straight from the campus of Adult and Teen Challenge Mid-South here in Chattanooga, Tennessee. If you would like to know more about our program, you can always visit our website, tcmidsouth.org. This is episode number three, continuing on with one word that affects not only the addict, but the entire family. If uh, you didn't have a chance to listen to episode number two, which we started out talking about this one word, which is enabling, uh, I would recommend that you go back and listen to number two to catch up. Uh, But again, today in the studio is our president and CEO, Dr. David McNabb, along with our vice president, Jeff Cleeter. And uh, they're going to be going on again in this episode, talking about this one word. And guys, I'm just going to sit back and uh, let you guys talk. Derek, we'll try to pick up as best we can where we started, where we left off last time. We had, uh, we were talking about uh, when it comes to enabling, it it fits into the part of, um, of the process that we know as grief. And as I shared last time, you know, uh, Jeff has been, he's been with a, a, a Teen Challenge so much longer than I have, almost 30 years of experience. And uh, he serves as our, um, our program director here on campus. And so his understanding of enabling comes from a different place, a different, and his understanding of grief comes from a different place than I did. Uh, but last year, last week, we talked about uh, the process of grief, the stages of grief. Uh, we talked about denial briefly, and then we left off last uh, time uh, talking about anger and the emotions that come out of dealing with um, the realization. Uh, you get past the denial aspect. You realize that you've got that your loved one is caught in an addiction. Uh, you come to the realize where it is true. It's a fact. And uh, then there's this, 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 these emotions that begin to well up. Uh, Jeff, I think you said, you know, we, as you alluded to the fact, you know, this is not how I raised my child to be. I mean, I have lived with my husband or my wife for this long, and this is not the person I've ever known them to be. How dare they uh, come to this place where they would do this and so forth? And I think where we left off last week was the fact that we're actually last week, the last broadcast, um, where the thing that hit me was, um, you know, how can you possibly be making these kind of decisions. This is not even logical. This doesn't even make sense. I mean, you're willing to sacrifice your uh, your family, your children, your job, your home. Are you? How can you possibly? That you're a smart individual. And these are these are all um, emotions of anger that well up. That while we make make the excuse and say, well, they're justified, they're still not healthy. No, that's correct. And and of course, there is some, it is a process we still have to walk through. It is. We just have to be honest with ourselves and uh, acknowledge that, okay, this is how I'm feeling. This is how I'm feeling about them and not try to act like it's not there, try to sometimes hide it and act like, no, everything's okay. But uh, anger is a a normal process. And and some people might feel uncomfortable with the word anger, uh, so they might feel more comfortable with the word frustration. Mm-hmm. Frustration okay. that this person is doing things that they can't even understand where is this coming from. Yes. Because this has not even been a part of our life. Where'd you even get these things from? Where'd you get this mindset from? How can you even be looking down the road? How can you not even be looking to your future? How can you look at everything being destroyed and not even care? And that frustration can build to that point. And so we may not feel comfortable calling it anger. Right. Uh, 
call it frustration, if you will, uh, still it's going to be taking us down that same road. Exactly. And, and because we are a faith-based ministry, we still have to go back to the fact to say, okay, listen, uh, mom, dad, uh, husband, wife, whatever the case may be, child, because we have some situ- situations, the children are responsible for helping their parents get into the program here. It's, you know, it's, true. It's, it's, a, it's a different kind of world that we're living today. But even in the middle of all of that, we have to look at the fact and say, listen, you can't let the anger get to the place where you can't see the redemptive power of God. I mean, we may be feel we may feel justified. We may be furious at the situation that our loved one is putting us in, what it's doing to our bank account, what it's doing to our home, and we may do all that stuff. But there's this still there's the aspect we have to come back and say, but we still are going to have to trust God in the middle of this. And so there comes a time when our anger crosses over into a threshold where we can't let God speak to where we can hear Him again. Right, and that's I think uh, anger for us most of the time uh, can feel uh, it makes us feel like we have control over something over which we have no control. Okay. I'm not sure that came out just so easily, but you know, that's what anger makes us feel like that we have control over something. Righteous indignation. Yes. Yes. And we have no control over it, but we believe, but anger makes us feel or frustration makes us feel like we do. Now, of Mm. course it's, it's an illusion of control because we really don't right we don't have control oh, over another person and that can make us angry mm-hmm. that i can't get the other person to change uh however eventually uh that because that is an illusion uh that illusion of control is going to start to fade away mm-hmm. reality is going to start rubbing it out mm-hmm. and that's usually when we start going into the next grief process uh if you know grief uh bargaining Mm-hmm. And for a family who's going through the grief process because of an addict, that bargaining, you might be able to use the word enabling. That might be a little bit easier way to understand it okay. because it, it, it helps us retain that sense of control when that anger, we realize that the anger isn't a real control. It's an illusion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we try to keep that illusion going by starting to enable someone. And that's usually where the enabling starts. Right. And, and I could use the, could I use the word they're grasping at straws grasping to, make, it, yep. to, to make this go away? How can we fix this in some way, shape or form? Grasping at straws and then trying to get the other person to use the straw the way that they know the straw should be used. <laughs> Very well put. Mm-hmm. Very well put. You know, there are, you, you get to that point afterwards, like, it's like, man, there has to be, we get to that bargaining and we say, uh, was that that third stage uh, of grief? And it's like, well, there has to be something I can do. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't just, I can't just sit here and do nothing. And that's the type of things that we start telling ourselves. Okay. Uh, the, I think probably what's most common is we start to bargain by offering our loved one help. Right. And unfortunately, often it's help that they don't want, but it's help that we know they need mm-hmm. or we perceive that they need. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they don't want that help. So then starts a whole conflict because of the enabling, uh, trying to uh, get them to do something that we want them to do that they don't want to do themselves. And of course, when that doesn't work, um, you'll see that when, when the bargaining process with the enabling starts and the, the, we, we start enabling somebody and that doesn't work, uh, so we repeat it. Mm-hmm. And we try it again. We keep keep telling ourselves, you know, well, just one more time, and 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 I know they'll be on track. Right. You right. know, just 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 uh, one more chance, and I know they're going to get it all together. Uh-huh. So they keep repeating that enabling pattern, and of course, you know, we know Einstein, who you know said 
Uh, if you keep doing the same thing over and over and expecting the it's insanity, if you think you're going to get different results, exactly doing the same thing over and over, right? Uh, well, it's attributed to Einstein. Well, well, can, anyway. can can we put some can we put some some details to this because because you're right. There's 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 situations where we want to provide that help that we know or we think they need and they don't want it. But then there's the other side of that stuff that they do want. You know, mom, dad, you know, listen, if you can just pay my electric bill. Yes, and can, that's the enabling part. There, there you go. If you just mm-hmm. pay, if you'll just pay my electric bill just one more time, if you like, because I, I don't, because I won't use it. I will not use uh, any money for drugs. Uh, I know what you're thinking. I promise. I promise. I'll never do it again. Or listen, I've just got, if, if you can just cover my car payment one time, I'm not asking for any money, but if you could just do that for me. And it's, you know, and, and, and I can tell you this, you know, as I said last, the last broadcast, I said, I'm going to kind of come at it from the, from a layman's standpoint, not knowing as much about the enabling process as you do. But we think about that in terms of a, of, of a parent, we're going to give our child at least the very basics. Right. I mean, should, I mean, love, I mean, biblical love. We feel compelled. That's right. Biblical love demands that I, as a parent, will take care of my child. They're going to have food. They're going to have shelter. They're going to have uh, uh, at least a, a pillow to lay their head at night. I mean, listen, surely that's not enabling. That's the very basics. I mean, no, I would never give them money for drugs. No, I would never let their friends come and live in my house. But somehow or another, in our logic, our way of looking at this thing, we can, we can try to explain what love looks like in terms of stuff that is what we would get down to the very very essence the very basics of living and the truth of the matter is you've seen this more than i have but the truth of that is is that no matter how much you do it prevents them from getting to that place where they need to be and it's called enabling and you say surely not not just letting them spend the night at one night at my house that's not enabling yes it is yes it is and, and that's a hard thing for a parent to have to understand that they've got to redefine the, the word love in order for God to do mm. his act of love upon them. Yeah. And we do things like calling out for work. Yeah. When, you know, and covering yeah. for them, um, letting them come to the house and sleep and not have a job. Uh, but I'm going to get in. I'm looking. I'm, I'm, I'm trying. And I think really, uh, so we're, when, as we're looking how enabling fits into the grief process, the actual... Uh, subject of enabling it's almost for another cast mm-hmm. it's almost for mm-hmm. another podcast just because it's so much it's so big and has so many facets to it uh but yes it's uh i i think one of the one of the most difficult parts of the enabling is not just the love part and it, it but it gets even uh more uh, askew whenever there's this issue there's of this big component uh called guilt yeah We've made, you know, we've made mistakes as a parent. And of course, um, I know, you know, you've made mistakes as a kid, as a parent, you've talked about that. I've made mistakes as a parent. Uh, I know Derek, he's made mistakes as a parent. We've all made mistakes as a parent because there is no such thing as a parent who's not made any mistakes. There is no such thing as a spouse who's not made any mistakes. And so if I allow my children Mm -hmm. to use those mistakes to get me and manipulate me to support their addiction, I'm enabling. Uh, I've had to go to, and this is for obviously families, you know, I've had to go to, my wife and I had this uh, conversation before our kids were actually born, that when we wronged our children, that we would go and we would humble ourselves and ask their forgiveness. And so we had to do that. Uh, whenever there's uh, when they were little and still didn't even know what we were doing, we tried to set that pattern of asking their forgiveness. And so consequently, 
I have not been riddled with the guilt when my children have made decisions that I did not like. And I thought, why are they making a decision like that? They were not raised that way. And they're, they are not able to use any guilt against me because I have gone to them, humbled myself, and asked for their forgiveness. Whether or not they choose to do that is their decision, which comes down to uh, the other processes right. of uh, can't control them. Yeah. But not having not having uh, the guilt being able to be used against me. So I, I think enabling uh, in the grief process, guilt is a huge factor when it comes to someone trying to manipulate uh, manipulate somebody. Well, because even if you're willing to dig your heels in and say, no, enough is enough, and they come back with that one thing, well, mom, dad, you remember, you know, this happened when I was little, and you said mm. this to mom, and you, or you treated my, uh, my older brother and my younger sister, uh, you treated them differently, and, you know, then it's like, okay, just when you're about ready to dig your heels in. Jeff, this, this conversation, dealing with just this aspect of the grief process enabling you said we could be it could be done on its own podcast subject and I think it probably should be to finish that and I know as I'm looking at our at our, our ticker over there I know we're getting real close um, Derek I know you've got some things you want to finish as we as we close out the broadcast today but uh, but you know we want to come back at least because we, we're, we're, we're blessed with this and that we don't have to be in a hurry and we can we can cover this as much stuff as our as our listeners want to want to hear regarding this. Uh, but here, but the, we, I'll say one more thing. We this podcast and everything that we do, we're desiring to be a resource. We're just not a recovery center uh, where you know where your loved ones can come uh, through the through the podcast, through our website, through phone calls to our center. We want to get you to a place where you do not feel helpless any longer, uh, because there is hope and there is help, and that's what we're here for. And uh, we're going to cover this more on our uh, next podcast. And as David said, you can find more information about our, our program, Adult and Teen Challenge Mid-South at tcmidsouth.org. Also, you can subscribe and find us on iTunes, Spotify, or Anchor FM. Loved what you've heard on this week's episode? Well, well, the answer is simple. It would mean the world to us if you could head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review and feedback. Spreading the word really is the best way to grow our podcast and achieve even greater things. Thank you. Thank you.